You're listening to the Southampton Delivery Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the Southampton Football Club and all of the SFC fans. I'm really happy to be here. It's a pleasure for me. I would like uh, to make the most of with this opportunity. And now, your host, Matt Markstone. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Southampton Delivery Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the Southampton Football Club and all of the SFC fans. My name is Matt Markstone. I'm the host of the show. No matter where you are, no matter how you may be listening, whether this is your first time or you've been here before, thank you for making the show part of your day. I hope that you enjoy it. If it sounds a bit different to you this week because you've been listening for a while, it's because I'm sitting in a hotel room in a tiny Danish-themed village uh, a little ways from my home. Uh, I'm here on on work business, on an accreditation visit for the school here, um, but at least they know how to say the word Hoiberg, uh, although they don't understand what I'm saying when I say it. So uh, it's quite uh, entertaining in that respect. However, it is quite frustrating because there are lots and lots of bars, vineyards, wineries, things of that nature, and we're basically working from 7 a.m. till... 8.30 or 9 p.m. Uh, with a dinner break in there sometimes. So uh, not a lot of time to do or enjoy the uh, amenities, but I am in a nice hotel. Uh, it is quite late tonight. I am trying to do this before I fall asleep. And last night as I was editing, I think I fell asleep on the keyboard. So hopefully uh, I didn't erase anything. Hopefully the, the conversation all flows, but if it doesn't, um, I'm going to blame it on that. But uh, this week, of course, uh, we drew with Tottenham. Uh, turned it around a little bit compared to what we saw when we played them on Boxing Day, but still not enough to to get us out of the relegation zone. And uh, there we sit. And with Swansea winning today, it just means the top bottom of the table gets tighter. And we're going to have to really work hard to get ourselves out of it. And and of course, Tottenham had chances to, to go on and win that match. Uh, we definitely had chances to go on and win that match. But I think overall, we have to be happy with the performance and hope that that continues to move forward. And to talk about all of that with me this week is Alan Gunn. You can find him on Twitter at A underscore Gunzy. He writes and is involved with St. Mary's Musings. So you can follow St. Mary's Musings um, on Twitter. The links are in the show notes, both to Alan and St. Mary's Musings Twitter handle. Uh, but we're going to talk about the Tottenham match and we're going to jump to that right now, right after I tell you to make sure that you check out the We Are Southampton page on Instagram for match day edits, polls, competitions, and more. Be sure to check out the We Are Southampton page on Instagram. Matt, who runs the page, has been a guest on this show. He did the logo for the show and he's been a huge help in getting this thing going. So make sure you check out the We Are Southampton page on Instagram. You will not be disappointed. And now let's jump to my interview with Alan Gunn talking about the Spurs match. I hope you enjoy it. We'd like to welcome back to the Southampton Delivery Podcast, Alan Gunn. You can find him on Twitter at A underscore Gunzy, and he works with St. Mary's Musings. You've probably read his tweets. Um, but uh, Alan, last time I talked to you, you were in the United States. And when I was setting this up with you, I assumed you were in the United States. Turns out I was messaging you like at two o'clock in the morning, and I apologize for that. But um, pleasure to have you back and uh, be able to talk a little bit about the team and the Spurs match. And the uh, final whistle has literally just sounded uh, and we're going to we're going to knock this out because we got stuff going on. But uh, welcome back to the show. And thank you so much for doing this. Uh, I appreciate it. And I'm excited to talk to you again. Thank you for having me back. Uh, looking forward to it. Yeah. Um, so now that I found out you are actually in the UK, what's uh, obviously some things have changed with you and in your work and things like that since last time. So uh, catch, catch me up a little bit. Catch the listeners up. Where, where are you living and what are you doing uh, now that you're back in the UK? Uh, still in Manchester, which is where I've been for really the last, you know, five years, I would say. And then um, doing as much as I can at St. Mary's Musings. Every, you know, other projects are, you know, taking up a lot of time. So it's uh, when I can get to it, I do as much as I can. And uh, I know Jake really appreciates that. And, uh, you know, for the most part, I just do the tweets. 
Um, that's what I like doing. Um, I like having fun over there. And uh, as usual, I don't take it serious because the uh, day I take any sport serious is the day I'm probably going to stop watching sports because otherwise <laughs> it wouldn't be fun. <laughs> it's absolutely true. It's absolutely true. Um, so you're also doing some basketball stuff, right? Covering some some sort of basketball something. Yeah, yeah. I plug, I plug us in uh, my school college up in the Northwest here in Preston. Um, you know, just doing some uh, content for them, whether it's video, written, uh, photography things, um, just kind of building a nice big portfolio and uh, enjoying it. Spending a lot of time in vans going all over and eating a lot of McDonald's and uh, you <laughs> know, can't, can't be in a more healthier position, I guess. <laughs> uh, what's the weather like right now? Uh, it's been raining all day. Like I said to you before, if, uh, <laughs> if we went down two or three nil, I would have been, uh, and there was a break in the rain, I would have run out to the store because uh, low on food at the minute and uh, that's the next task is to get some food in me after this. All right. Just so it's uh, raining. No, it, well, it was raining in Southampton too. I just was wondering, you guys, too much rain for me. It's uh, sunny, but it's like, it's like 40 degrees right now, which is, which is cold for us, but yeah, that's uh, a, we'll be okay. We'll be all right. Need a jacket outside, I guess, don't you? Yeah. I can't wear shorts, which is the, the big, <laughs> that's, that's how you know it's cold if I'm wearing pants, but yeah. um, anyway, nothing like uh what I was looking at on the TV here, watching, watching, uh, the boys play. And, uh, honestly, for the last few days, has miserable. it? Oh yeah. It's been miserable. It's cold yesterday. Last night when we see on the way home, I think we could see like, you know, probably two feet in front of us with the fog coming oh, in. Man, that's, that's, that's no good. That's dangerous and everything else. Yeah. Um, but I, I guess in terms of the team, uh, I guess you guys would be, they'd be used to playing in that kind of stuff. I guess it's, it seems to rain quite most weeks, um, while they're playing. I'm talking about the soccer team, not our football team, not the, uh, not the basketball. If you guys play basketball in the rain, you guys are way harder than uh, most people think. Um, (laughs) but, um, getting to watch the match today, uh, I guess coming into it, what were you, were you expecting Southampton to get anything, anything from the match? To be honest, I really wasn't. I mean, most people, if you, you know, one of my good friends who I go to matches with for the most part, he's, he's, he's actually going to watch uh, ice hockey tonight to avoid watching today. Um, it's just kind of one of those, I mean, if we got something from it, it was just going to be, you know, a really good day out. And if we didn't, you know, then we kind of expected, you know, that result, but it's nice to see us finally pull something out against the, you know, I thought Spurs were a little bit flat, you know, they could have done a lot more with us, but I thought we, we were finally set up for a full 90 minutes, which has not been the case in recent performances. So, you know, full credit to the guys for getting stuck in and, and, you know, staying with the plan for 90 minutes, whatever it was. Yeah. That was the big surprise really is seeing us have a go for 90 minutes and not at moments we sat back, we sat too deep, but it seems like we corrected ourselves and kept pushing forward and kept trying to create chances. Uh, and obviously none of them, none of them fell for us, but I, I thought the performance was good. And I'm, but, I, but I'm always a little hesitant to say, you know, good performance and, and I'm happy with that because it doesn't ever seem to carry over. And I think that's the big, the big thing is we need to see that against, against Watford or against Crystal Palace or against these other teams we should be beating. Um, you know, it, it seems like we're, we're more, willing or more, I don't know, whatever it is to, we're more likely, I guess, to, to step it up against a Tottenham or an Arsenal or a Manchester United than we are against, uh, you know, like a Crystal Palace or something like that. Yeah, it always seems to be the case in uh, recent history, from what I can remember, bar the, that shelling we took at Liverpool and then obviously against Spurs in December. Um, we just, we've always set up well against bigger teams. I don't know, we just tend to play down to a different level uh, if we're playing Watford, Crystal Palace, etc., um, which is frustrating because we've got, you know, there's no way that we've gone from being an eighth place team, you know, to, to being in a, a relegation battle in however many months it's been since last year. Right, uh, right. That's kind of, that's probably the most frustrating part because we've not really changed the team. And I still think that we've got a better squad than a majority of the others. It's just the performance is... Uh, we've just not, like we've been saying, we've just never put together 90 minutes. And if you don't put together 90 minutes, then you're susceptible to to dropping points like we have done and or you know having to come from behind like we've done in previous games uh, to try and salvage a point and that's obviously not going to keep us up if we keep doing it for too much longer right right and i don't know i don't know we'll we'll, we'll talk about it a little bit more as we as we, as we go um but let, let's start here with the uh the lineup uh, when you saw the team sheet come out uh, mccarthy cedric stevens hoyt and bertrand across the back and then the midfield of Lamina, Romeu, Ward Prowse, Tadic, and Hoiberg, and then Gabbiadini alone up top. Um, it looked something like a four-five-one or something like that in terms of, you know, it looked like we were gonna play back and 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 really 
set up and be defensive, but also really attempt to control the midfield. And I thought we did a pretty good job um, of that today. I thought that we, uh, I thought the guys, especially Romeo, uh, Lamina and Hoiberg all, all played really, really well. I thought Tadish created some chances. Uh, Ward Prowse, uh, once again, really earning his spot, probably more than anybody else in the team right now, uh, really locking down that role uh, and earning his place in the team. So Overall, I wasn't super shocked. I guess it's kind of along the lines of what you would expect, but uh, you know, no long in the lineup, which I think was was a little shocking. But he must have suffered some sort of injury. And He's got the flu, I think. Is, is that is that what happened? Yeah, so, uh, one of the newspaper guys from the Daily Echo was saying that he had the flu, and it seems to be going through the country at the minute. Uh, sure, because because uh, Hugo Lloris and Christian Eriksen were both out with the flu, according. Yeah, yeah, I, I did see that. Uh, I had so the flu, seems... but they didn't get it from me. Um... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I think the big. The, it was it was interesting, obviously not having Long today, because we spend so much time criticizing Long, and and I thought in the second half we could have used him in not a scoring role, but in, in just getting behind the defense because they were playing pretty high in terms of their back line, and you know we had plenty of chances to go over the top of them. We just didn't have any legs to get behind them. Yeah. Um, is obviously Tadic tends to not play the full 90 as he did today. And if you can start doing that consistently, that'd be good to have him for 90 minutes. Um, but yeah, with the lineup, I thought it was pretty much what we'd expect. Bar, I thought Long would have been in, but you know, it's pretty secretive that he had the flu, I guess. Um, sure. Really nice to see that little tripod there of uh, Lamina, Romeu, and uh, Hoiberg in the midfield. I've been hoping for Lamina to start for the longest time now. I mean, obviously, people have said he's had you know fitness issues with his ankle um, at this point in the season. I'm, I'm pretty sure everyone's injured, so it's nice to see him you know come into the starting lineup. I thought the the trio of them, that tripod there in the middle with uh, Lamina, Romeu, and Hoiberg, you know, they really locked in and, and you know were a solid defensive unit. And I kind of hope we stick to that because that was you know. I thought that really set us up for a good success today. And then obviously having McCarthy and that's given the lads a, a lot of confidence um, playing in front of him. So as long as we stick to that, uh, I think the only thing that was surprising was, like we said, um, obviously Long having the flu and that seems to be going around the whole league, really. Um, the game could have used him today. Uh, I think in the second half, we had chances over the top, but we just didn't have the legs at the end. Um, and overall, happy with the lineup today. Yeah, uh, I I was really happy with with what happened today and what, and with how the team set out and and kind of how they took the game to Spurs initially. Um, I was really really uh, happy to see us create a chance within you know thirty seconds. Um, somewhat of a weak effort from from Gabbiadini, but uh, he looked like he was really wanting to get at it and wanting to 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 make an impact and have an impact. Uh, so I thought that was that was pretty good. And and like you said, I really wasn't surprised with a lot of the of the how we set up today. I thought that was probably what we needed to do uh, to try to control the midfield and, and, and keep ourselves in the game. It was just after, at that point, it was just, were we going to be able to do that the entire game or were we going to tire out um, come the second half, which I think has been our, our, our worry uh, thus far as it seems our second half performances have not really lived up to uh, maybe what, what we would expect. But I would say that that start of the game through the first five minutes, we were really, you know, we were taking it to them and, and we were controlling the ball and they didn't have much of it. And, you know, even through the majority of the first half, you hardly mentioned uh, Son uh, from from Spurs, and so he's been a guy that's been really on uh, on fire recently. And so to keep him quiet, uh, really, I think through just not allowing them to have the ball much, I thought was was good. Uh, Son's definitely one of my you know players I like watching you know on other teams, um, just because he's he's very fluid on the ball and he just does so much. Um, and that's kind of just I hope we find our own Son. <laughs> in a way because he's just he's definitely the driving force of that team and you had that type of quality into your team and it's always going to change and he's to keep him quiet all day for the most part you know was you know was a you know a huge plus on our end yeah and i don't want to take anything away from what southampton did but i definitely think that spurs missed ericsson uh they being, did. being out yeah, today, they definitely you know? did. yeah they definitely had a bit of a flat performance judging based on what they did to us before um, not that they were going to come in and do the exact same thing but you know it's when a team's playing well uh, i can't remember they put put past they just played last weekend um but they're you know they're on a roll and they're trying to stay in that you know that race for champions league next year as well so they're playing for just as much as we are um just a, you know the better end of the table um so for, for them to come out and for us to you know really set the tone i think that kind of put them on our back foot because like you said for the first 15 minutes i thought we were you know i remember saying you know we, we need to take advantage of this otherwise you know you know we tend to let teams back in and if we can get something now then if we do let them back in hopefully we can recover you know and you know, won't not get punished too much for missing a, a chance whatever but 
I thought that first goal we got, even though it was an own goal, I thought that was you know, deserved on our end. Yeah. Even just before that, we had a couple of chances where I think Ward Prowse and Tadich both put back-to-back balls in the, across the face of the area and you know across the six-yard box and just nobody could get on the end of it. And it seemed like that was a, a theme for us all day is we were getting balls in, uh, even at the end of the game, uh, we, we got a couple in and we, we just couldn't, ha- we didn't have that final touch. And that's a little bit frustrating, but also encouraging that we were actually being able to do that today. And even like you said, the, the goal that we scored uh, came from uh, Tadich playing Bertrand in, uh, Bertrand putting it across and, and Sanchez just, you know, trying to get something on it and not let it go across the area and only getting a toe on it and putting it in his own net. So um, at that point, I thought we deserved it. I thought I thought that was a, a fair indication of how the game had gone. Um, and it's and obviously it's just the mental lapse defensively. We still struggle, I think, in the air. That's kind of that's something that when Virgil van Dyke was at his best, something that he was, you know, brought to the team was his, his ability to, you know, to, he would have been Mark and Kane at that point and instead it's Stevens and he beat Stevens and not that it's, you know, an uncontested header, but it's one that, you know, nine out of 10 times Kane is going to put it in the back of the net because he's a prolific scorer. And, uh, that's the one area that we were still struggling with. And we struggled with it, you know, you know, all year, it seems, or for as long as I can remember. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, do you think now it's fair to to really criticize Stevens? It just doesn't seem like that's part of his game. It doesn't seem like he is a big aerial, you know, strong defender. It's just not what he does well. So, I mean, it's frustrating, but do you think it's fair for us to continuously kind of say, well, oh, he should have done better there? Um, yeah, it's that's a tough one. I mean, he's you can criticize all you want. I mean, it's it, it, the only way he's going to get better is if he, you know, finds a way to do it on the train. I mean, because we don't really have anyone at the club like that that's going to help him learn how to manage that type of player in the box. Um, I think we brought Wesley Hoots in in hopes that he would take over that that role. And he's whether it's just a you know a switch in the box or whatever. I'd have to you know go back and look at the goal again, but. Whether it's supposed to be, you know, Wesley on that play, for instance, because I mean that's that's kind of what we thought he was going to be coming in to do. Everyone was so high speaking on, you know, Wesley saying that he was going to be that takeover Van Dyke's role of control in the air, and it's just to criticize Stevens. I mean, it's tough, but it's happened more than, than enough times. It happened with Carroll when we played West Ham previously. You know, it's happened when we've played uh, when Urente was over at Swansea. So it's just it's it's a common theme and it's something that he's either got to figure out on his own or it's that's always just going to be one of his deficiencies and we're just going to have to live with it. I mean, because every player has got one like Kadish doesn't have a right foot <laughs> on that line of talking about Jack Stevens. I heard an interview from Stevens and he uh, they talked to him and they talked to him about, you know, his inability to put the, the header away at one end for a goal. And then they questioned him uh, about about uh, the the disappointment of of the the set piece defending, and he just said like, "Look, that's that's on me. I, Kane was my man. I lost him. And that well, that's on me." It's it's good at least he's he's owned up. You know, he's he's still what mid twenties. He's still young, so the fact yeah. that he's able to take responsibility is is a huge thing. He knows where his his big deficiency is, and I think that's that's clearly evident. Uh, he should have scored that header. To be honest, that was a free header in the box. Um, so that was unfortunate on his part <laughs> to not score from there, but then to slide in a goal at the other end, it's, it's one of them, you know, he knows where his defensively is, but it's, it's good for him that he owns up to takes responsibility for, for that goal. Cause I mean, it, it does come down if that's his man. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it, I, I just wish he would do just a little bit better there. Like I wish, but, but then I think that's a hard thing for, for, to, to try and correct, you know, if it, it, whether it's instinct or just, you know, not being quite aware and not wanting to commit a foul, whatever it is, it's just like, you gotta, you gotta get over that. Yeah. Yeah. Something he's done nothing. And obviously Kane is, you know, he got 99 Premier League goals for a reason and more goals, you know, than I can even remember to count. Yeah. um, Over his entire, you know, across his career, various competitions. And, you know, there's a reason why he's, he's good. He knows how to play off a defender. And sometimes I think, you know, Stevens makes himself susceptible um, to a mistake every now and again, like everyone out there, not just him. So we're not just pinpointed on him, but I think in that instance, yeah, it's tough. Uh, That's his man and his man's gone, gone free and scored from that. And, you know, to be honest, I don't know if they would have scored had they not scored then because they didn't really, a lot of their efforts, I thought we kept them at distance and defensively, I thought we played a really, a really strong match. 
just unfortunate that one mistake we're going to get punished for. And that's, that's the Southampton way. <laughs> like you said, that seems to be where we're at at this point. The way things are going for us, one mistake will lead to us being punished almost every time. You know, like it seems like where we're at, when other teams get a chance if from, from our mistake, they're going to put it away because things just don't seem to be rolling our way right now. And it's, it's really unfortunate, but it is, it is kind of the truth. And it's just something we're going to have to work towards and try you try to eliminate those mistakes and, and then, you know, that doesn't happen. And there were a couple of other instances, uh, or I think before that, where I want to say it was Hoot alone in the box with Ali in front of him and Kane behind him and, and Stevens was kind of gone. And that, that kind of, uh, the communication's not quite there with those two yet. But yeah, like you said, the, the fact that we, we kept most of their, their shots, uh, from a distance, I think they had more attempts than we did, but, uh, I want to say that we had more attempts on target. And, uh, I think that, that says a little bit about, about, how we were able to defend. Yeah, I think at one point I, the commentator said, I don't really listen to the commentator much because they just talk garbage anyway, but I think at one point he said that they didn't have a, might have just been the one target, on, one shot on target in the second half and we'd played, you know, we were on like 75, 80 minutes, you know, or 75 to 80 minutes. So like kind of in that area, you know, defensively, I thought we, we, we kept a, you know, a team that's been pretty much in form all season, you know, pretty much at bay and that's good positive take, but like one of the questions I saw come through on the Twitter feed that it's uh, we, we just have to build on it now. We can't just you know do it one game now and then fall off against whoever it is Brighton we play next. Can't do it. Got to got to keep going from here. Got to build on it. And it's we've yet to build on it. We didn't build on the, the draw at United, which I thought, no offense to us, it was a good draw, but I thought we were very fortunate that uh, Lukaku left after just nine minutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. So uh, we, we took advantage of that at least. Um, not that, you know, that was the, the only reason we got a draw from it. But it's it's one of those, we've done it against Spurs, we've done it against United. Now it's just going out and doing it against other teams that, you know, we should be beaten because we've not really played well against Palace or Brighton or any of these teams that, you know, last year we would have fancied ourselves over in an instant. But this year, it's just done. Just pray and we get something from it. Yeah, absolutely. And and like you said, we we were able to limit their 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 attempts on target. Only two attempts on target the whole game for them. They had seventeen attempts overall. Um, they had they did have sixty percent possession, but I don't know. I thought it I thought it looked a little, maybe a little bit more even than that. Um, in terms of and it seemed like for for portions of the game, nobody really had control. The ball was bouncing around, and we were trying. It was counterattack after counterattack both ways, and then it kind of never really leaving that center third of the park. Um. But overall, I, yeah, it's definitely yeah, that's true. I agree with that 100. percent No, 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 you're fine. I, I think it's I, overall. I mean, like you, like we were talking about, totally happy with that. And and it is the key is then building on it. And you know, against Watford in the cup, you know, we'll see what happens. Um, they they have a new manager. I don't know who it is, but I know I, I read that they appointed someone. Um, and then you know, we we have Brighton and West Brom, and those are going to be two huge games. Those are, you know, we need to get out of the relegation zone right now. You know, there's no, there's no hanging around. It's, it's, it's do it now or, or maybe no, don't do it. You know, um, I think we only have something like 15 matches left. I'll say 14 because the last match of the, of the year is against, against Manchester city. And that's not, uh, that's not what you want. Uh, last year we couldn't, hopefully by, the, hopefully by then they've won the title. So we, they just put out, tried out like a traffic cone and a <laughs> box. Yeah. Well, like, you know, the fact that they don't have the unbeaten record to go for anymore, you know, that, that yeah. I'm glad that's out of the way because otherwise they might, they might put out somebody full strength, but I don't want it to come down to that. You know, and last year we couldn't even get it done against Stoke on the last day of the season, let alone, let alone city this time. But um, yeah, I, I guess the next thing to, to really talk about was anything, you know, going into halftime, somewhat disappointed that we conceded so quickly after, after taking the lead, but going into halftime, I was happy where we were. Uh, I, you know, I think any, any of us would take a draw all day long against, against Tottenham, but I was worried that what happened last week at Watford would happen again. And what's happened in previous weeks where the second half was really our, our undoing that, that Pochettino was going to be able to do something to, um, you know, no pun intended, but Spurs side on and and get him to to, to to take the lead against us and really take it to us in the second half. But uh, how are you feeling going in, into halftime? And and were you worried at all about about that? Oh yeah, that's that's always been the big worry. I think especially this year. Um, we just like we said, we've either been behind at halftime, so we're having to fight back. You know, we just never put together full minutes that we can be like completely happy with. I think um, so. Going into halftime, like I thought we were, you know, well deserved to be, you know, at one one. Um, I thought it was unfortunate that we conceded so quickly, but that's that's what happens when you make a mistake against a good team. They'll take advantage of it. So fair enough. You know, they they brought it back. Happy with that though. It was just 
like you say, it's just going into halftime. It's just if the other manager makes an adjustment, which I don't think Pochettino really did today. Uh, there's no like like Silva did at Watford the other week. Uh, there's just nothing that Pochettino did that seemed to he didn't really didn't seem like anything he he did anything in the second half. It just it seemed more of the same in the second half in terms of you know just a midfield battle sort of thing with the occasional chance at either end. So I was pretty happy with with the first half. Yeah, I mean it was actually interesting to see us make a change before them for once. You know, usually it's at the right time as well. Yeah, usually it's much much too late. And I mean, you could you could argue that maybe Davis comes on a little bit sooner, but I thought Lamina was having a a good a good match and uh, doing you know some of the more physical stuff. And that that midfield battle, Dembele is fun to watch. Uh, he can he can dribble. He's strong. He does all kinds of stuff. But I don't like playing against him. I'll watch him as a neutral, but I don't like it when he plays against us. Um, it's like Andre Herrera, same thing. Yeah, Can't he stand Andre Herrera. <laughs> he should have been booked, I thought, several times before that, but managed to keep getting away with it, keep getting away with it, and then all of a sudden, you know, card. It seems like cards were coming for everybody. Uh, my notes for the second half were basically Stevens booked, Sissoko booked, Romeu booked. Like it's just booked, booked, booked. Um, before finally Dembele gets uh, booked for whatever number of foul he he committed. Um, but I don't know, coming, coming out of the second half, like you said, it didn't really seem like anybody changed anything. Uh, I thought large parts of the second half were, were forgettable. Um, I don't think it was a bad game. I just think because it was kind of bouncing around and doing, you know, not, not really any clear chances for anybody that it, that it was really kind of hard to, to pinpoint what was going on. Um, but I was really happy that we didn't do what we've done so often and where we just sat super, super deep and allowed Tottenham to come on to us. Because I think if had we done that, we could we would have they would have we would have conceded. They would have scored and we would have left St. Mary's with zero points and everybody would have been saying this is the exact same thing we've seen over and over and over again. Absolutely. And I think I think it's a step in the right direction, but there's still a long way to go in terms of the overall progress of the team. Because I think there was maybe about I think it was just after the hour mark. It must have been after Buffal came on because we took who Buffal come on for now. Uh, Hoiberg came Hoiberg. off and then yeah. Buffal went on 65th minute. Yeah, so it was that was kind of we sat back a little bit then, and I thought we were going to fall into that trap, you know, of of getting stuck in our and that's that's no fault of our own. That's not sometimes just a management issue. Sometimes that's a formation issue mm-hmm. where like we've brought someone on where it's been working and plugged them in somewhere you know it it was the right move i thought it was a smart move on our part to actually make a change there but i thought we almost it was like right after that we sort of sat back for maybe three minutes but then we finally opened up and we were just sat in the midfield and like we said i mean it was an unforgettable half against spurs it was probably a good thing because that means they probably not scored and we probably not done anything you know (laughs) so I, i would take an unforgettable second half um versus a forgettable half um, against Watford. So that wasn't the bad thing, you know, to have an unforgettable half, meaning we did, you know, we took care of business. Um, but I thought the game was there for the take and if we had wanted it, because uh, I didn't think Spurs were particularly, you know, astute at the back. Um, right. We definitely took advantage, as you saw in the first half. And I thought, you know, I wasn't, I don't want to say we, we could have won the game, but I thought we could have done a little bit more despite not having a lot of possession. But there were times that we could have broken out from our defense and we just, like we've done all year, we've just given the ball away, which has been, you know, the case all year. But like you said, unforgettable half, which is not a bad thing since we came away with a point. Right. Well, sometimes it seems like when we were breaking, we were breaking with Hoiberg or Tadic, and neither of those two have the legs to do that. That's not, you know, we, we were missing Long. And I think that really points to the idea that we need another striker. The fact that Long is out uh, with the flu or illness, and that means we have Gabbiadini and, and no one else. You know, we had to bring in the kid Obafemi to 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 play the last kind of few minutes. And uh, I'm all for giving the youth a chance. But the fact that we are bringing in some 17 year old kid who, you know, was last playing for the under 18s, that's it's a little bit worrisome. You know, I think that points to some some cracks on the squad that, that we have. Yeah, we definitely don't have the depth in the squad. Um, there's definitely a difference between having depth in the squad and having quality depth. Um, and I think that gets confused a lot of times with our bench. Because um, to be honest, our bench, if you look at it, if we've got Buffal starting, if we've got Lamina starting, um, if you look at our bench, it's very thin. You know, who, I mean, it's that's kind of the area we need to, not the bench, we need to bring in people who are going to help us, you know, plug them, you know, buy and plug type players right now. And we can't wait for them to be good six months from now when we're, you know, playing Forest in the championship or whatever. So it's right. like, it's one of them. We, we've got to do something now. Um, it's good for Obafemi to come in. You know, he he got himself in a dangerous position there. It's a, unfortunate that he didn't. You know, get a get a quality foot on the ball. Yeah, from I thought it was a really. I was, 
I think that was a cross with Tatch's right foot as well. So it's like, <laughs> can't believe that. But <laughs> one of them, I felt like I was a little overly critical saying, oh, you know, Obafemi doesn't have a left foot because it's, it's a valid question, you know, judging on the, if you watch back on the replay, when, when the ball comes across, you see he's going with his right foot. Right, trying right. To the cross ball, and that's obviously. That's, that's much more difficult right. than. It's the, definitely the harder option than just sticking your left foot out and maybe getting a side foot on it. That's. That's kind of what I thought would have happened at that instance. You know, that's that's kind of as a spectator, it's so much easier to say first when it's happening. You know, you've just been thrown on. Yeah. As a 17 year old in your first you know first debut for the first team, and it's like one of them. You know, it's so much easier to say as a spectator, but he he definitely tried to pick the the tougher option there of swinging across with his right foot. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, it, yeah, you, you've just been thrown on. It's it's you know raining it, and you're running you're running through the box after uh, you know across across the, the edge of the six yard area with with Jan Vertonghen. Uh, you know that's welcome to the Premier League, and I'm surprised yeah. he didn't wind up on the ground. You know. Um, yeah, I'm surprised he didn't wind up with some brown shorts as well. Yeah, seriously. Uh, <laughs> luckily, we were in the dark colors today, so it's okay. Yeah. Um, I did want to go back to, to one of the things you mentioned with, uh, with with some of the substitutions. And it seems like when the manager makes substitutions, sometimes it requires not just, it's not a like for like substitution. It's often, it requires a reshuffling of of the players on the pitch to move to new positions. And sometimes I think that's where we fall apart is you've been playing some way for, for 75 or 80, or sometimes in our instance, you know, 86 or 87 minutes. And then, uh, all of a sudden you have three new players playing a new position and the communication's not quite there. And, and sometimes that worries me, but I also, at the same point think, you know, you professional athletes, uh, when we go out and play just in the park, you kind of just got to play everywhere and you have to adapt. And granted, we're not nearly facing the the opposition that they are, but you, you just hope that they would be able to to make those in-game adjustments. But maybe, maybe they're just not able to do that right now. I, uh, yeah, that's, I don't know if that's come down to the player personnel or if that's managers. I think it's, it's probably a combination of both. Cause I think, cause me and my friend always talk about it. Like Pellegrino, we can set up a team. Like he sets us up well in the first half. Cause we always tend to play well in the first half. It's just once the team makes a change or once we make a change, it's kind of when that drop off comes. And I think it's a little bit, you know, player management. And then it's also managerial. Um, and it's finding a balance between the two. Cause I think we try and change at times a little too much. Um, and that's no fault of our own. Sometimes it's the situation that calls for it. Um, whereas most of the times we're calling for Bufal to come on or, you know, some of the, someone like Gabby Adini to come on. I think at that instance, I could, I would have left it because there's what, 63 minutes, 60, when he came on 65 minutes and he could have left it five minutes and seen where we were. Um, granted, I think, uh, Pierre Emile Hoiberg was getting a little tired, but I think overall, I think he could have let it ride for maybe a couple more minutes. Um, cause I didn't think. I mean, it's just it, nothing. It wasn't calling for any injection at the time. I thought I thought we were playing well enough, but like you said, once we make that change, you do see a bit of a drop. And I think that's I don't know if it's the players not trusting what the manager is changing at the time, or if we're just not ready to make that change. Um, but I think a lot of teams, once we make a change, are all over it, and they put us on the back foot immediately. And I think after we made that first change, we were pressed back for you know four or five minutes. And it's one of those. It's just, I think that comes down to both player and manager making the right decision. And I think we're still yet to see Pellegrino make concrete decisions that are, you know, fully backed. I mean, it doesn't have to be backed by the fans because he's the one making the decision at the end of the day. But I guess just from a, a spectator standpoint, it's just kind of one of those where you're, we've yet to see him make the you know decision that makes sense. <laughs> Well, yeah. I mean, when you have, you know, 32,000 people or whatever it is in the stadium and every single person goes like, what is that? What is he, what is he thinking? You know, what, when everybody's doing that, then it makes you kind of go like, I don't know. But if it's, you know, if it's the one guy, you, there's always that one friend who's like, no, no, no. Like, you know, super theoretical formation here. We could totally do this. Like this, this <laughs> is this. And it's like, no, stop, stop talking. Uh, you're, you don't make sense, but it, it is, it is, it is worrisome sometimes the the changes that he does make. Um, but one thing I, I thought that was, was really, really good today was even when there were some moments where it was pretty hectic in our own box, they, Lamella had a, a chance to kind of, uh, put Spurs ahead, but we had everybody kind of throwing their body in the way Stevens was doing it. Romeo was doing it. Um, there were a couple instances where I, I think Romeo just refused to allow Deli Ali to turn, uh, in the box and kind of pushed him back and forced him backwards. And I thought that those situations instead of instead of taking the easy thing you know physically and mentally to do which is just step off allow him to turn and 
you know, hopefully he doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't squeeze it by you or anything else. It's the, the idea that we were fighting the entire 90 minutes and it seems like we gave that little bit extra effort. And I thought that was, was, was commendable on the part of, of everybody on the pitch um, in, in terms of how, how we played today. Yeah, it's definitely a, a complete difference and a total commitment, I think, from all the guys out there, especially defensively. I mean, far that one mistake, I didn't think Jack Stevens played, you know, bad at all. I thought he had, you know, he made some really key blocks. Like you said, the one, um, who was that on? Was that on Sanchez or Dembele on the left post? And it was, you know, that was, you know, one of the best blocks, you know, obviously in terms of keeping it at 1-1. Um, so I think we were more committed across the board. Uh, I think we've seen a lot of matches where Ryan Bertrand's a little bit more frustrated and, you know, visibly frustrated. But today I thought he was, you know, he seemed more himself. He was he was up the pitch a lot farther. Um, and obviously his cross led to the goal. And then who else? I thought Cedric played pretty well. He had one kind of instance where he got he's obviously not got height but it was one where he had a bit of trouble and we're always gonna have trouble you know it's that's just sport in general you're always gonna have like a difficult situation where you might not win the ball because it's just no one's perfect but i think overall across the board defensively it's just a much more committed performance than we've seen previously it seems everyone bought into what we were trying to do um and people were making that extra effort, like you said. Romeu had some, you know, chances or some plays right at the edge of the of our box, where you know he it was like a two on one, or you know, and he just came away with the ball. He just put that extra effort in, and that's that's kind of I think as fans, I think that's what we want to see. We'd rather see us go down fighting than you know with our tail between our legs, just accepting that we've you know we're gonna go out there and be defeated. So it's nice to see a full commitment mm-hmm. from the team. Yeah. And even with just the one point today, uh, obviously it doesn't get us out of the relegation zone. We have big games coming up against Brighton and West Brom, but uh, a a win uh, against Brighton could see us shoot up into 11th or 12th place, you know? And then I think the the, the reality is, is that anybody in the bottom, uh, the bottom half of the table could go down. You know, it seems like Swansea is running away with being absolutely atrocious and, and, uh, assuredly going down almost, but everybody else is kind of, it's, it's up for grabs and, and Watford are in danger just as much as, as we are. Um, even though they sit in 10th place. So I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be a real grind all year to, to, to stay, to stay in the premier league. And, uh, it's going to take, I think more performances, um, like this. And we have a question from Portland saints who's at PDX underscore saints. And he says, if saints had played like this during the long stretch of points, uh, during the long stretch of drop points, would everyone still want, uh, MP to go? Isn't it, is, is it too early to say we've turned a corner in terms of playing style? And then he kind of added on cause people were commenting underneath it. And he says, I guess what I was really wondering is will consistent performances like the one we saw today or on Sunday, by the time you hear this, uh, will that be enough for MP to win back the fans? So I guess two questions there. Um, you know, I don't think it's enough to say we've turned the corner in terms of playing style, but do you think that he can, he can win back the fans if we continue to play like this? Well, we'll start with the first one. Um, I, it's definitely, we've not turned the, the corner yet. I mean, we have to do it for more than just one game, which is we've seen in previously, um, we can play just as good against United and then come out and lay an egg against Crystal Palace. Um, and it's, it's one of those same thing. We just got to string together you know i want to see this type of performance five matches from now you know six matches from now consistently through um can he win back the fans Whew. um could be hard i don't think he's going to win him back i don't think he's going to win back a majority of the fans i think a majority of the fans already have you know a noose around them uh, they've already got him at the guillotine and they're just ready to pull the cable um which is unfortunate because he seems like you know a nice enough guy but it's just Sports, especially when there's a lot of money on the line, is a results business, and he's not getting results. Um, and that's the only way you're going to win back fans. We can get all the nil-nil draws, all the one-one draws we want, but if we're not consistently getting three points, which at this point is what's going to keep us up, then he's not going to win back fans. So uh, I think he can win back fans that are on the fence. I've always been a fan that's kind of on the fence. I don't think he's particularly same thing with Puel. I didn't think you know. Puel did anything wrong, get himself sacked, other than just, you know, I know some boring football, I guess, but I think uh, Maurizio Pellegrino has more against him because he's dropped far more points and we're actually worse off in terms of our goal-scoring record. Um, so I just think it's going to be tough for him. If he wants to win back the fans, it's it's certainly plausible, but he's going to need to do it over a stretch of five matches. He can't just do it in 
in one match, can't expect us to all come flying back going, yeah, we got a point against Spurs or we got a point against United. Because I've never been one, you know, once once today happens, today's happened, we put it in the past and we have to focus on the next game. You know, I'm a big New England Patriot fan, as you know. And uh, obviously Bill Belichick is uh, one of the best at getting his teams, you know, thinking about the next game and not what happened previously and just focusing on one game at a time and at this point, he's just got to ignore the outside noise and, and just get us prepared for the next one. And that's all we can do. We can only go one at a time. And hopefully in five games from now, we're in a better position than we are now. And it's going to take an effort like it was today to get there. Um, I think we need to get healthy. I think it would be good. I, I've been criticized a long probably since day one. No one likes to take, you know, take to make out a chain long more than me because uh, it's easy to do. <laughs> But, you know, today I thought, you know, we could have used him. He's shown, you know, get certainly against uh, Watford and Fulham that he can be a valuable contributor, not just scoring-wise, but on, uh, you know, creating chances. So I think we need to um, hopefully get everyone fit and maybe add to the squad a little bit, you know, just to, to boost confidence and inject some new blood because there's really not been any fresh injection of new faces into the squad. And, and not that we need to, you know, heavily invest, but obviously losing someone like Van Dyke's quality is going to need to not be replaced, but, you know, you're going to need to at least bring someone in that can give us that because I think, I don't think Bednarik's going to really give us much. And if Stevens goes down or Yoshida goes down, I mean, we're one injury away from being in a real pickle and that's the reason why I think we need to invest, but I, I can go into that later. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Now, I mean, no, the, the, the risk is there one injury or two injuries and we're playing a back three of, you know, either one of Yoshida, Stevens and Hoot and then Benrak and Gardos, you know, <laughs> so, um, that's not, a, that's not ideal. Um, but I, I guess, you know, you know, we won't go on too, too much longer here, but you mentioned adding to the squad. Um, we've been linked with, uh, Carrillo, uh, I think is how you say his name out of Monaco. Uh, we had a bid turned down, uh, reportedly, uh, there was some, some contact, I guess, with, uh, Spartak Moscow over Quincy promise or promise or promes or however you say it. Um, but looking at the squad, do you think the the center forward area and the attack and you know one of the winger areas is is where we should be investing, or do you think maybe defense, or where do you think we need to add uh, that quality to the squad? Ooh, I think uh, we definitely need someone to attack. We've shown that where we've seen that Charlie Austin likes, although well, he's always had a knack of in- getting injured. So it'd be good to bring in someone in that area because I think Gabbiadini showed that he is if he gets a run of games, so he'll, he'll be okay. I think, but that's we can't just rely on that. We need. To, to inject in someone who's going to be able to score right away because at the minute we're still not scoring goals. We got one today, scored twice, sweat against Watford, but we still have just an atrocious goal-scoring record, and that's what's going to keep us up right now is is goals, and we can't rely on James Ward-Prowse to score goals. <laughs> so I think our key areas would be that center-forward position. Um, I think that would help Gabbiadini get more game time because he wouldn't be the, the main striker. I think he would probably play, you know, sit just behind the Whoever the striker is, I would love to see that. Um, we've not seen that yet, and that would be kind of good to see. I think Winger would be a good addition. Um, if we get that this Quincy guy, if he wants, if he ends up there, you know, then that's you know, would be I don't really know much about him because I'm not staying up or whatever to I'm not surfing the web to watch Russian football. But we were talking earlier um, about giving your computer some sort of disease trying to watch a stream. That's a good way exactly. to do it there, you know. Yeah, yeah. Watching Russian football. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Um, I think defensively we could use some help. Um, not saying that Yoshida's bad or that Stevens is bad, but obviously there's clearly you know people out there in the market that are better than them. We've got money to burn. The only bad thing with having money to burn is, especially in this day of age of media, is that everyone knows that we've just got 75 million from uh, Liverpool. So no, re- like it wasn't. I think the word now. It wasn't. You know, uh, it was probably expected that we were going to get. A bit of what was it, 20 million? I think I saw uh, euros turned down because um, obviously they know we've got money, so they're going to try and get the most out of us. I think that's probably going to be. I know we've it's what January 21, and we would have loved to have seen some injection at the start of the month. Um, but at Southampton, we're always going to leave it late, and I think that's probably been the hardest issue is trying to not overspend, and that's hard to do when people know that you've got money to spend. Is you know, getting a decent price without having to overpay. But 
I think if we want to bring in a player that's going to help us now, we're going to have to, to overpay a little bit more than probably what we would want. And that's just the nature of, of having money. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and we've got it. Well, uh, you know, hopefully less read is better in the second half of the transfer window than uh, we have been most of the year in the second half of games. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, hopefully maybe he's just got his two halves swapped and we'll, we'll be sitting here by the time, maybe by the time this comes out, you know, we'll, we'll have a new player, uh, and he'll be suiting up for the, the FA cup match next week. But yeah, like I said, like I said, it's at this point, we can't buy a player that's going to help us six months from now. He's got to help us now. It's got to be someone that we can, you know, whoever it is, They've got to be someone coming in ready to contribute because at this point we are backs against the wall. I mean, it's it's great to get a point. It's great to see us, you know, <laughs> go off what twenty one points or whatever we were on. And uh, so whoever we bring in is going to have to hit the ground running like Gabby Adini did last year um, and and keep it going. Obviously, Gabby Adini spotted out towards the end of the year, and it's got to be someone that's got to have that first team quality ready to come in contribute. And you know, five for a starting eleven spot right off the right off the plane. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. If I remember correctly, it was really I think it was the game against Tottenham where he got hurt uh, early on in the match, uh, and then at White Hart Lane, and then didn't when he came back, he just kind of wasn't the same. Like the goal scoring yeah. stopped then. And uh, you know, hopefully, you kind of wish he would have gotten a goal today just to kind of put him back on the right track. But oh well. I think he played it. He played a decent enough match. We start we're starting to find him a little bit more. Um, I thought a lot of times our balls were played into the box were a little bit too far behind the person attacking. Um, and that comes maybe with just him not having enough game time with the guys that are out there. I know they're in training. They see him in training all the time and they should know um, where he likes the ball. But, you know, clearly we were in attack. We were just either, you know, an inch behind or, you know, inch too far forward. And uh, that makes all the difference when you're trying to score a goal. Judging by what Stevens did miss in the target. <laughs> yeah, man, that's... That's going to be the one that, that I think we're going to think about. We're going to think about that punch that punch. Yeah. Yeah. But it, you know, like we said, I think the performance today, it was, was good. I think we or I should say the performance on Sunday, I think I thought was good. Uh, I think hopefully if, if we take something moving forward from this, then I think it's a win and I think it, it would be great, but we have to see that. And yeah, it's that's amazing. We got to see it. <laughs> it's, it's tough to get my hopes up and, and, and say that we're going to see it because we haven't seen it very often, you know? So uh, yeah, you're exactly right. It's one of them. It's just we've done it today, can we, or on Sunday, and uh, can we do it in the FA Cup or can we do it in the league? Just can we do it the next game? Is we've not, like you said, we've just not seen it consistently enough, and that's that's the hard part with having a young team. We've got young players, and young players are always because every team I like basically is a young team, and that's what they struggle for is goals normally and consistency. That's what you get when you buy a young player, you buy inconsistency because <laughs> that's that's what veteran brings you. That's what someone that's, you know, that 26, 27, 28, 29 range and older, obviously, is going to bring you is hopefully consistency. Um, but when you buy young players, when you have young a young team, that's what you get is inconsistency. And can our young guys grow up in the next, you know, handful of months because we're going to need them to if we want to stay in this division. Because um, that's, that's what's going to keep us up right now is consistency. We can't change what's happened in the first half of the year, and then you know the first half of this month or nearly all this month. But it's, can we find some consistency and and you know start turning in regular results like grab a point here, you know grab three points there because that's what's going to get us out of the bottom three. Yeah, yeah. Get get out and get get separated from it by you know less than you know a draw, then you're back in it. You know, like that's yeah, yeah. that's what we need. We need we need six points or so between us and in. 18th place that would be i'd be happy with that but uh right now i'm not sure <laughs> i'm not sure we're gonna get there i mean it's just it's like what it is like right now looking at the table it's like yeah you want to find three teams that are worse off than you are swansea are obviously struggling still but they're only what like six points off the bottom so it's like you know they can still find a way if they i, I don't think they are going to so if you think swansea's down who are two other teams you know and it's just it's stoke what just got a new manager so we're one of the the last teams down at the bottom not to change their manager, and it's 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 tough to see. You know, you just have to find two teams that are going to falter, and hopefully Stokes win the other day against who they beat Huddersfield. I think so. Yeah, beat. two nothing, right? Yeah. So if you know if they turn the corner, that's going to be you know we're right behind them right now. If they're turning the corner, we've got to turn the corner. Um, so I guess to that question of going back from the fan of have we turned the corner? <laughs> Better darn hope we're starting to turn a corner at least. Yeah, otherwise. Stoke, yeah, otherwise Stoke could, you know, find their way out, you know, or, you know, 
climb their way out. And that's kind of where we just need to hang on to these teams right there above us. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if, if, if Stoke turns a corner and we don't, then we're all aboard the SS championship, you know? And, yeah, yeah. and then, uh, I will basically have to give my computer some sort of disease to be able to watch the games, but just uh, listen to them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's probably the best thing. Blackmore does a good job on, on the, on the web player. So I can do that. I've had to listen to him a few times. Never, never a bad thing. Um, all right. Well, I think that kind of does it. Um, as you and I were talking about, we're kind of both on time crunches and I think, I think we've covered it all and hopefully we haven't just kind of rambled on too, too much, but uh, anything, <laughs> anything else you want to, you want to, you want to add before we, we wrap this up? I'm just hoping that we can uh, start rolling these performances over. That's, that's the big thing. It's just, like I said, if we can start rolling these over, we'll be okay. But you know, that's what we have to do. It's just hoping we see it next week. Cause I thought today we were you know, we were well deserved for a point. We could have had more if we, you know, if we wanted it, could have been there for the taking. You know, we had a chance, a few chances to to pinch a goal at the end, but uh, overall, good point. And I'm just hoping we see more of it, more commitment like this. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, game against Watford next week in the FA Cup and then followed up midweek with Brighton and then West Brom uh, the following weekend. I think those the, those two, especially in the Premier League, are are huge. And I think that really, will... Really crucial games. Um, I was, you know, I woke up this morning to Marco Silva or Sunday morning, woke up to Marco Silva being, uh, sacked by, by Watford, uh, and immediately in my head, I'm thinking, uh, if I get on the rest of Twitter, not just that notification, but if I look and I'm, I'm almost certain people are going to be calling for him to come in, but then you read the, the story of, uh, of, or the, the club statement it doesn't paint him in a very good light. And we've been burned by a manager like that before, uh, who was, who was, had his head turned and was gone and we, seems to happen to our players quite a bit too. So, uh, not sure. Not sure that's that's where we want to go with uh, with the manager if we do uh, decide to make a change. But like I said before, I don't think I don't think we're making a change with the manager. I'm pretty sure the board is going to stick with uh, Pellegrino. Yeah, we're, we're stuck with we're stuck with him. Yeah, we're stuck with we're married to him right now, <laughs> and, the, and the divorce court is not open. No, so I guess just get behind it and uh, and hope for the best. Absolutely. All right, man. Well, thank you so much for your time once again, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Hopefully, sounds good. Thanks for having me on again. Enjoyed it. Oh, my pleasure. That does it for this episode of the Southampton Delivery Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I hope that you enjoyed it. Special thanks to my guest, Alan Gunn. You can find him on Twitter at A underscore Gunsy. You can follow St. Mary's Musings at St. Mary's Musings. As always, this podcast is partnered with The Saints Report. For all your Southampton FC news and needs, be sure to follow The Saints Report on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And while you're there, be sure to check out this show on Twitter and Instagram at sfcdell underscore ivery and at facebook.com forward slash sfcdelivery there is no underscore in the facebook address additionally if you haven't done so yet you can subscribe to this show on itunes stitcher acast google play TuneIn radio or wherever else you get your podcast by simply searching delivery and hitting subscribe or by simply following one of the links in the show notes if you have been listening for some time and you're interested in providing some feedback, you can do so by leaving an Apple podcast review or getting in contact with us on any of the social media channels previously mentioned. All music for this week's episode comes courtesy of the Free Music Archive at freemusicarchive.org. The intro song is Epic Song by Boxcat Games. And the end of show credits that you are listening to now is Aim is True by Poddington Bear. Links are in the show notes if you are interested in checking them out. We'll be back next week with another episode. I'll be home for my Danish village journey, and hopefully we'll be on to the fifth round of the FA Cup. Until then, remember that together, we march on.